Good evening, Matt Awkward. Hello. How are you on this fine and delightful hell night? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, so we are doing the movie Hell Night tonight. Uh, my choice. Because it's spooky season and this is a Halloween movie. It's it's kind of a Halloween is movie. Is it? Well, I mean... The, the uh, word Halloween is never said once. But to be fair, I mean, they're talking about Devil's Night the night before. Is, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. It's even more devilish than the regular Halloween. So it's a Hell Night thing. Um, this movie is really good in theory. Yeah. It really like it, and and it's good when it's good. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's definitely got some 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 good, but it's, then it's got some. All right, do something or get the fuck off the stage. Yeah, moments. No, I agree. There's <laughs> so much. There's so much of it that has really nice cinematography and really clever ideas. And I'm gonna say this now. I chose this movie. I know because you did. I was just like, I don't know. I think I just randomly chose it. This is the first time I've watched it to the end. I've probably tried to watch this movie five times, and I just saw the ending this first time. I was like, whoa, holy shit, that happens at the ending? It's so funny you say that because I honestly think it's the same way for me, too. Like, I I, want to say I'd seen it before, but like... And I know I've seen it And when I was watching it, I was like, I know I've seen this before. But then it was just like, all of a sudden, like, I don't remember this part. Oh, oh this oh, is yeah. actually good near the end. The, <laughs> the third act's pretty cool. Third act Mostly. was pretty great. I mean, honestly, the ending is is great. The fence is great. That's brilliant. Yeah. That part's brilliant. Um, There's other parts that are good. There's some, like, I mean, it's... I like when Linda Blair channels her electric powers and jumpstarts her car with her finger. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Yeah, there was a that was a that was a big what. I mean, because she knows she knows cars, man. If, I don't care. You can't just jump start a car with had, your finger because you know cars. Dude, left those headlights on. That's why it was dead. No, 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 no. It was. <laughs> Imagine it was, you call AAA and Linda Blair hops out. And she's just like, I got this. Boop, <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Uh, yeah. So that was that was stupid and didn't make sense. And I agree with you. But but man, it really really wrapped it up with that i know car line <laughs> it was, there was so much there was so much of that stuff that was just pointless and silly and and the movie it's went like, on it goes on way, way too long too and long. it's too slow there's it's it, it should have been 80 minutes it was, sure it was an hour and 40 yeah it definitely was too long but i mean it, it was also patterning itself i mean erwin yablons was involved and i was like Wait, I just watched that documentary, and he was like, "I don't want to do any more horror movies like this." What documentary is this? I can't. There was something that I was watching that he was on, and he was like, "I just don't want to do horror movies." I was <laughs> like, "Oh, okay, cool." Oh, there, oh, there it is. Oh, you <laughs> said that back in nineteen seventy nine. Said that like <laughs> like a week before you put this thing out. Um, but this movie came out the year of my birth, nineteen eighty one. Oh man. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't don't know. see it then. You didn't. <laughs> I did <not. laughs> I'm surprised. Surprised your parents didn't take you to see it. They're <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, well, got to introduce you to the world. And what is better to do that than a Linda ve- Linda Blair vehicle from 1981 that nobody liked? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say. I mean, I love Linda Blair and I like seeing her and stuff. She was terrible in this. I mean, there's no way around it. Like, I like her, and I can't... You can't apologize. She looks at the camera, like, three times. <laughs> you know, and the times when she's like, oh, I'm scared, and she's making, like, weird, like, super... Like, 
I don't know, like vaudeville face about being scared. Yeah, she turns like cornball at the end for sure. She, I mean, it's like her whole role in the end is just like, no, let's not go down there. No, let's go back. No, let's go back. I'm scared. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she made a really good point. Um, her like, like we should stay in this room yeah. at the end, and she's like, uh, okay. We're going to get killed if we go out there. And he's like, no, I'm no. going to chase him down into the catacombs <laughs> no. where he lives. Because uh, I got a pitchfork. I'd love to make a movie like this where it all goes like that. And then the person suggests that. And the person that people actually do it. And the movie just keeps going in real time from there. We're <laughs> just sitting in the room. It's like an eight hour long movie until the sun comes up. All right, let's let's leave. <laughs> I would I would be with you if we followed another group of people who get killed and then we just cut back and the people who made the right choice, you're just like, we haven't seen them for the entire movie and it just cuts back to them and they're like, oh, daybreak. I bet that guy's dead at this point. I bet the <laughs> other guys killed him in some sort of triumphant moment and uh, cool, let's get out of here. It just keeps cutting back and they're like, hey, I found Monopoly in the closet. <laughs> playing board games. <laughs> It's like an Andy Warhol movie. We just we just shot them with one shot for eight hours straight. <laughs> I would probably not watch it. No, I'm me sorry. neither. <laughs> Fucking hate art. <laughs> then you'll hate this movie because it is full of art. Um, all right, let's go. Let's get into this. Okay. We start off uh, and we get... Like, this movie promises from the jump something that it doesn't deliver on. Like, it feels like this, this gigantic party that it starts out with. The you're like, opening shot is a wet t-shirt contest. It's like <laughs> everything about it is nuts. You're like, it feels like a beach party movie combined with a slasher movie combined with Animal House. You're like, this is brilliant. Yep. These are three very sellable movies that you're pitching here. You jam them together. You've got like drive-in massive box office. This is going to be great. Mm -hmm. You know, this is this thing is going to be full of funny jokes. It's going to be full of naked ladies. It's going to be full of murders. It's going to be you know like, and it's not full of any of these. No, things. I mean, and even the jokes they do are just cornball and they fall flat. Like, I hey. barely even noticed that there were any. Hey, he hasn't puked in the trophy case yet, and the front window's not smashed. Oh, oh you know what? <laughs> okay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, those were they could have been worse. Yeah, barely. <laughs> barely could have been worse. But, but yeah, man, I just want to say like they nailed the party scene. Like there are so many people partying hard and it looks great. Insane. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they wasted their like half their budget on that opening and then they were like, "Oh, <laughs> I guess we just walk around a house for the rest of it." <laughs> or maybe they saved so much money hiring a really low-budget porn director that they were like, hey, maybe at the end we're going to throw a big party and then use it as the opening. Yeah, he's got a weird career. Like, lots and lots and lots of porn. Then he did this and uh, Savage Streets and uh, a couple other notables I forgot. Yeah. Oh, Reform School Girls. Well, I, that is a, I mean... Classic save for the cat-killing scene. Brilliant. I love that movie. I just but don't like the cat-killing scene. I agree. Uh, so that is, that, that is Tom DeSimone. <laughs> yep. Uh, who directs porn under the name Lancer Brooks, which is a pretty great porn director name. <laughs> uh, and he's also responsible for one of the most nutso movies ever made in history, the movie Chatterbox, about a woman with a talking vagina. I know of it, but I've never seen that. <laughs> it was uh, it was a an incredibly strange film in the incredibly strange film section of Videoport for many, many, many years. It was a delight. 
uh, it it's almost unwatchable. Like the oh, yeah. the premise is funny enough to hold you for a bit, but the jokes are about about where we're at here. That should have been a talk box, like like Frankenhooker. <laughs> Get it? Talk box. I I do. <laughs> <laughs> you push a boop. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like I do? Um, okay, so, yeah, there's, like, motorcycle races around here. There's, like, people driving their cars and getting shit thrown at them and, like, chicken fights. What a great opening. Yeah. Too much too much promised and not enough delivered at the end. Uh, but we're introduced now inside the frat to uh, Alpha Sigma Rho president Peter Brophy as he smarmily sidles up to the bar and introduces himself to a hot blonde lady. He is... His costume is... maybe the greatest American hero, or...? I thought it was like a Buck Rogers kind of thing. Okay. Like a, like a, like a sci-fi, like, space pirate guy. Sure, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, it, something like that. It looks... Yeah, I can see that. Um, okay, uh, and then he's... While he's talking to her she shows him her boobs in a shot that we don't see like we are in we're at the wrong you, angle to you, see this you you know who these movies are for right guys like, i mean as a porn director i find it shocking that he has absolutely zero nudity in this movie is that the joke when he shoots the porn scene the, the sex scenes with nothing it's maybe like, I, I mean i don't think that people knew like, who, i have just seen Enough skin in my time. <laughs> I mean, maybe that is true. Yeah. Uh, that would not surprise me. I'm, I am tired of this thing that maybe he had, maybe he became a born again Christian at, and then this was like his move <laughs> afterwards. Who knows? Um, but so sh- while this is going on, he's about to go upstairs with this, this hot blonde lady uh, when he notices Linda Blair across the room. And he asks his friend, who's that? And I love what his friend says. Oh, that's one of the pledges for the sorority. They call her Marty. (laughs) Is that what he says? Not her name's Marty. Her name is Marty. They call her Marty. Yes. Her (laughs) name is Gerastracto the Destructor, but they call her Marty. They call her Marty. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's very strange. So Linda Blair is super uncomfortable with him staring at her, and she kind of... And her friend is like, just go out and mingle. Get out of here. Come on. You're here to have fun. Get the fuck out here. And so she does under under complete protest. And then we see the joke that you mentioned earlier, the quote unquote joke that yeah. you mentioned earlier. The joke. <laughs> the joke. <laughs> and uh, and we also see this dude pour beer like a fucking psycho. That was the yes, Robin Hood. Yeah, that was the weirdest part. Was that Timothy Van Patten doing that, or I yeah, mean, yeah. Oh, whatever wh- the other Van Patten? Yeah, whoever the Robin Hood guy is. Yeah, yeah. our main, our main Seth, guy. Our, our, Seth, our our other our other Van. Not Patton. Wes. That's not Seth. Timothy. Because that's not a funny. That's a guy. funny joke. It's not Wes. It's Seth. It, I don't know. Remember, th- she keeps calling him Wes, and it's like it's Seth. Okay, uh, that was a running gag. Got it. Yes, and it was very funny. Mm, yeah, got me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm watching that. And I'm just like, he's shaking beer out I'm of the can. I'm wondering, was and, that a joke? And I don't know. And it does foam up on him, so it's like, I wonder if that was a joke or it was just like maybe he's not a drinker at all and he just doesn't. But then again, who shakes anything when they pour? It? <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah, I guess, I guess it was a joke. I thought like maybe he just doesn't drink beer and he doesn't know like that's gonna make that thing pour everywhere, like. But then I'm thinking, like, nobody would pour anything like that. 
I mean, that guy's got to be low carb. You see those abs? Mm-hmm. Fucking They're sweet. radical. They were radical. <laughs> uh, all right. The abs of somebody shredding some sweet nar-nar. <laughs> it's, it's fucking... Uh, that's, <laughs> there's so much cringy shit in this movie. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, some of it is enjoyable. Uh, there's some of it that I, I, I'm not surprised to see that you like. It definitely <laughs> falls into... Like, his... His portrayal is straight out of like a surf two oh, or yeah. like some sort of like there could have been USA some more, there night. could have been some more sandwich making in this but oh well man imagine that Van Patten making a sandwich that would have been mayo mayo, mayo. <laughs> what a great movie that was okay so now we cut outside now that the the window's been broken the party's clearly in full they're starting full the initiation. Now it's time to start the initiation. We cut to a nighttime car parade, which is just a line of cars I love with it. people sitting on the hoods with torches. I love the girl that sits on the car. Visual. I love the girl that sits on the the, the uh, hood of the Corvette. Yeah, That's my fave. The whole thing was like it looked great. It looked like it looked like a very cool shot. That yep. Here's the other thing. This guy, whoever the cinematographer is, I didn't even take note of who it was, but dead on. So many really great gothic shots, so many yep. great fun ideas. Those parts of it, perfect. Yep. The cinematographer is amazing in this movie. Director, I don't know how I feel about him. <laughs> His choices are odd. Um, okay, so we go to Garth Manor, and everybody converges on a locked gate outside of Garth Manor. Peter produces a pistol from his weird mork-for-mork costume and shoots the lock. Luckily, it's a movie, so it works. Aha, but as we find out later, he was faking it? I guess? I mean, he could easily fake it if the lock was unlocked. You know, it's a small lock. Nobody could probably tell it was locked, and he just aimed the gun at an unlocked lock and was like, boom, I shot it. Yeah, because later it does turn out that That it's blanks. That it's blanks, so. Dunno. Um, but he, this is another thing. I love the idea that like right before they're about to go do something super illegal, they're like, let's Let's, make sure we fire fire a gun, fire a gun. It doesn't matter. They're so far out in the country, I guess. Oh, are they? Yeah. There's nothing out there. Sure. Makes sense. Um, and so he, he gives a big speech about how, if you want to pledge this frat, you have to spend a night in this house. And we get the story of the original owner who killed his family and then killed himself. Because all of his kids were gorks. Is the, yeah. Which is... Which is a word I just learned uh, this morning watching this. So, uh, this is a word that Stephen King uses a lot, uh, and so I know it. I don't even know if it's offensive, because I think I've only heard it in a Stephen King thing. Yeah. Uh, But Stephen King uses gork to mean someone in a vegetative state. That it's apparently a term that uh, nurses on like on wards where people are just on life support. I, I looked it up after watching it this morning, and I did see that that that's used that, and it's also used for some kind of undescribable, weird kind of person. Like, um, so it could be offensive. Uh, sure, I mean it's hilarious. I love it because yeah. it sounds like Zork, which was one of my favorite uh, interactive fiction games. So that's great. So uh, if Gork's offensive, uh, call us. Yeah, seriously. We'll stop saying please, it right now. Please call us on it. Until then, we're going to Gork the fuck out. Because it is a funny fucking word. <laughs> There's no way around it. 
That's the problem. Offensive words sometimes are very funny to mm-hmm. say, and it, it's it's a bummer that they get used for, for evil. <laughs> uh, okay, so, I mean, it, the, again, the whole idea that, like, someone... the He wanted to kill his family because they had literally one of the deformities that he was like, oh, my God, my family. She couldn't hear. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that was, oh my god, she's deaf. Some people demand perfection. Holy shit. She couldn't see either. Yeah, oh, is that true? Was she deaf? And, ugh, god, that would suck. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I understand the the older brother who is a deformed murderer. That that part of it, you know, once you add the neck snapping into it, <laughs> you know, that gets a little crazy. Uh, but okay. I'm kind of sad we didn't get a female Gork, too. I am, like, I'm sorry about that, get, too. Why did we only get two? I don't know. Two brothers, boring. D- very strange. Because um, that would have been great if she got jumped by the by the female Gork in daylight at well, the end. Okay, so that's the other part of this that is very confusing. Is that they're like, ah, we're going to pull the scream on you. But we've already announced that there are four family members. Yep. So by the end of the movie, we And have... we're led to believe that only one are, one is alive, but then we get two. Right. So where's the others? Right, so... They're at can... the corpse party. Why are they there and not these two? Ugh, what yeah. a boring corpse party, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, completely one desiccated fresh kill corpse. and a bunch boo, of... No, boo. Nope, don't care. Dumb. Dumb. All right, so, uh, yeah, he he says that blah, 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 they only found three bodies and Andrew was never found. He may be still living somewhere inside the house, which, spoiler alert, he fucking is. Um, okay, so... <laughs> he may have gotten wet and now there's two of them. <laughs> They fed him after midnight, they and call he him turned man, evil. They call him man too now. <laughs> yes. So the house is awesome. Like, what they do oh, have yeah. in this movie is a location. This is, like, beautiful Victorian house that looks, like, straight out of a gothic romance. It's, like, it is just gorgeous. And assisted considerably by the fact that they light a thousand candles in every room. So they walk into this house... <laughs> You know where I'm going with this one. Yes. Oh, my God. That drove me nuts. And he tells the whole story. And then he's just like, any questions? It's like, yeah. Who lit all these candles? Who lit all the candles? We just shot the lock and got in for the first time since this happened. Nobody brings it up. Someone ran ahead. Why couldn't just one person say that and he goes, oh, ghost? And then walks out. You know what I mean? That would have been fine. I bet it was Andrew. Yeah. He would say. Yeah. Stupid. And also, that place is going to burn to the fucking ground. Like, oh, that place yeah. is just a tinderbox. <laughs> um, and now you tell me that it's out in the middle of nowhere, so they're not even going to save it. Cops can't even get there by morning. <laughs> That's true. I mean, like that guy didn't go to the police and say, hey, this guy rode my car and he went to Garth Manor. <laughs> Nobody showed up. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that was like two in the morning. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they're really far out there. They don't even believe the adults. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> You're saying things associated with that fraternity. I don't believe you. <laughs> so uh, they go in. They tell the story about how the the gate is virtually impossible to climb. So don't even bother. You're going to be locked in for the night. Um, and then everybody leaves except for the four pledges. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a small party. It really is. And I think that that's part of what hurts this movie. 
Six is the number. Six is the number. Six is the number for a horror movie. Correct. And there's a very there's a very specific, you know, I mean, Cabin Maybe in the Woods. Maybe seven if you want to do the odd man out sure. thing, the guy that doesn't have the couple. Odd man out yep. works great. But Cabin in the Woods really got that pretty nailed down. You got to have your comic relief. You got to have your jock. You yep. got to have the slutty girl. You got like, there's a, there's a thing that goes on. There's the drug addict. There's whatever else. You know, you get these little, it's easy to get these personality traits and just put them on anybody. And so it's a it's a nice mix and match that actually gets you so you know who's who. Yep. Because you don't really care about anybody. It's if you didn't know who Linda Blair was, mm-hmm. I can't imagine caring about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a movie where you're like, oh, okay, Linda Blair's in it, so I want to watch her to see. It's almost like you're just watching it because you're like, oh, I want to make sure that Linda Blair gets out okay, because you know she's my friend from those movies. Yep. <laughs> she had such a hard time in those savage streets and that savage jungle that I, you know, I just want to see that she's having a nice time here. Uh, so there's that. Okay. So Seth, a.k.a. Uh, that guy from Gnarly. Rock and Roll High School, um, he tells a long-winded story about threatening Hicks with a shotgun just so that we know that he knows how to use a shotgun and load it. Answered a question from later before we could answer it, before we could ask it. So, Linda. We didn't even need to know that. You don't need to talk about using a gun before to use a gun. No, you don't. You have to talk about knowing how to fix cars to fix cars. True. You don't need. Anybody can pick up a gun and fire. (laughs) Yep, I agree. I mean, you've got to explain how you get the electricity to add (laughs) an electrical charge to your car. Uh, so Linda Blair and Jeff, uh, Jeff is the, the real pretty guy, whatever he, I don't oh, he's know very who pretty. he is. He's from something. Mm. I don't know what, <laughs> but he's really pretty. Um, they, they light a fire and they hang out and start talking and they're, they're kindling their romance. Oh my God. The dialogue is so boring. <laughs> it's so boring. <laughs> and then we cut to Van Patten in bed with the lady, but you know, She's mostly doing, he's doing shtick about surfing here. That's his, that's this dumb part. She's been, she's been made out to be the, the drug pushing. Like she comes in and she's got like a gram of Coke, like some Quaaludes, Quaaludes, Jack Jack Daniels, Daniels, like so many drugs. Is that the joke that she's supposed to be the drugged up sex pot? Then she's like, just tell me about yourself instead. Like, is that a humor joke? I guess, but then they have sex and then we don't see it. Do they? I don't know. Maybe they don't know what sex is. I don't think they do. Okay, that might be it. It's almost like this movie's giving you an F you. You're like, oh, right. we're going upstairs for the sex scene. Then it's just like, oh, no, tell me about how surfing's like. Like, no, movie. Nobody <laughs> We're not here to about- hear about this guy talking about his surfing. <laughs> I mean, even if his if his shtick was funny, even, maybe yeah. it would be okay. But it was not. Uh, okay, so we, we get that. Um also, the fact that she's like, oh, you know, we're going to party. I got Quaaludes and Jack Daniels. Is your party going to be you taking a Quaalude with Jack Daniels and then passing the fuck out? <laughs> because that sounds like exactly what will happen. Yeah. And then being hard to revive. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, which would have been hilarious. If Hell that was, night, dude. If that was the joke, if she just passed out <laughs> and she was out for the rest of the movie, that would have been good. Just like in Lamageddon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, 
we've got. Then we go outside and we meet our other. We go back to uh, what's his yes. nuts in the spacesuit. Peter and his flunkies, whatever his girlfriend's name, and the nerd. Don't know, Who don't cares? know. Don't. I think but, his name's Scott, the nerd. Sure. But they're <laughs> going to do that thing where they rig the house and, and, and press all the booby traps. But, I mean, they have already rigged this house. Oh, they've already, yes. it is, like, I mean, insane. It is, like, thousands of dollars worth of equipment. Oh, they don't fuck. <laughs> Billy waits all year for Hilda. He loves they it. They said that in the beginning, so it's like... It's and, true. And he's probably rich, so he can do that. True. Makes and sense. What I love is that this guy has spent thousands and thousands of dollars doing this, and he's like, he's like, okay, I got all this shit, blah, 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 blah. When they go to split up, he's like, the guy's like, all right, I'm going to the roof to rig up the, the fake body. And he's like, I think you might like this too much. And it's like, motherfucker, Dude! You've, you've dedicated your entire life to this. Yeah. All I know about you is that you love to do this. You're going to be hanging out in this town like years <laughs> after you graduate, still fucking with pledges. Oh, God, he is definitely. With a skullet. Oh, he is definitely going to be that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be driving a probe, too. I can just tell. All right. So... Uh, this is where we learn that Linda Blair knows how to repair cars. Yeah, who cares? Well, we do because she's just like a blue-collar lady and Jeff is like a rich guy. And so they're going to be from different sides of the tracks. That's going to really come into play. It sure is when he just dies and we don't care. <laughs> um, but whatever. Uh, so we get a big scream here from the the rigged wiring in the house. And I don't know how this has gone every other year that he's done this, but they walk up and they're like, huh, a screaming a noise. I bet it's coming from a speaker. Yep, there it is. And then he's like, I think I can unscrew it with my thumbnail. And I'm like, just rip the fucking wire. Just pull wire, it! Dumbass. <laughs> Seriously. Speaker wire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you were pissed off by that too. <laughs> Are you like, a just toddler? Just yank the speaker. and rip it out. Who gives a shit? It's not like it, that would. Why didn't they just plant it behind like a heating grate where he's like, I can unscrew this grate probably with my. That would make sense. But or like, you could put it outside. It's just a dangling speaker on a wire. He's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, don't get it. Does anybody have. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what am I looking for? Who cares? A yeah. wire cutters? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> a bolt cutter? Bolt cutters. That's <laughs> what he really needs. really thick speaker wire. <laughs> so uh, we got. Um, Peter's girlfriend going around that she's okay. He sends her a quote unquote around the side of the house to create a distraction. Aren't they not supposed to be what? seen? They're not. I mean, what is she going to do if, if she hadn't gotten killed here? What the fuck was she going to do? Wow. I wish I knew now. I wish I knew too, because, because they say also, like, keep quiet. So we don't get seen. Also Bengal distraction from what? Yeah. Who cares? They're all inside. They like they were like, oh, huh, a speaker. Cool. Let's go back down to where the fire is because it's cold. All right. <laughs> and then they go back down to where the fire is. And the other ones are like, hey, we want to have sex. We're gonna go back to where the sex is. And that's yeah. it. Like, what? Were, oh, they, man. <laughs> they're not really affecting anyone. I really want to know now. I do too. Okay, but uh, she doesn't manage to make it. She gets scared by a bird, and then a filthy hand comes up from below. And pulls her into one of the ventilation tunnels? There, Is that a thing? I don't know. There's That's a bunch what they say. There's a bunch of t ventilation tunnels. It's a ventilation tunnel for the house. <laughs> I don't know. 
they make up some stuff. I mean, what it is, I mean... I don't have a ventilation tunnel at my house. Well, I don't know if it's maybe an antiquated thing or... This is insane because why would you call it something so prosaic when you know that, like, if you'd read a horror story in your life, oh, the house is built on the catacombs yeah. where the family has buried their dead for, for centuries. Wow, that's creepy. You know what's not creepy? A ventilation duct. <laughs> um, but, you know. The, the house doesn't need a ventilation <laughs> duct. It's got windows. <laughs> That's what he calls. That's what he calls windows. Oh, gotcha! <laughs> uh, uh, gotta open yeah, the. What a weird dude! <laughs> gotta open the ventilation duct. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> I hope the ventilation duct screens are in there. Uh, all right. So the two dudes don't see this, and so they uh, they split up to play more pranks, and Linda is left behind. In that room, because I can't remember why the dum dum left. I don't either. But this is the weird part. Was that? Is that a real ghost? <laughs> That's the most insane part of this whole thing. It is. They didn't give us the important Scooby Doo. Ah, we you know hologram machine a, up here. <laughs> there's a hologram. It's a mirror and something else. They're like, oh, we see how they locked the door. Sure. But they never... Did they lock the door so you'd be in there with an actual ghost? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about burying the lead on this particular scene. I'm so scene. befuddled. They never followed up on it either. She was no. just like, I saw a ghost. Yeah, it was scary. Oh, they had a door switch electric. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> nope, nope. On-off switch for okay. the lock does not explain the ghost. <laughs> I think it was a ghost. I think it was a legitimate ghost. Same. And they were just like, by the way, we're just throwing this shit in there and never coming back to it again. <laughs> what a what a ballsy what a weird move. choice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So on the roof, our nerdy guy wires up the corpse, but there's someone up there with him. He goes to investigate. He turns around and a big weird looking monster turns his head completely around. And it looks great. Yep. He flops it. down on the ground. I love the big palm rubbing his face first too and everything. Like, I mean, it, it, I like the fact that they show you where you're like, oh, that's a big fucking dude. So yeah. you know that it's like, it's an intimidating threat. Oh, it's a huge dude. <laughs> he's, he's a big guy. And so he, he just twists his head, drops him, and a little puddle of blood comes out of his mouth. And that's the end of uh, Nerdy Guy. Scott, I think. Sure, I think it is Scott. Um, well, it's not the <laughs> it's not the end of Scott, and it's not the end of any of these characters because this this movie is uh, is very much like the noble Native Americans using every part of the the buffalo. We have every kill used six mother fucking times. I hate it so much. What do you mean? Like so, it's like. Scott scares people three times, I think. Am I mistaken? Like, so he gets killed. Yeah. And then he falls out the window and terrifies uh, Scott. Uh, no, Scott. <laughs> what the fuck's his name? Uh, Peter, the main guy. He scares him. Uh, he falls again, scares Linda Blair. Uh, he is seen by... When he's tapping the window? Yep. And then he sees... Uh, Seth sees him as well and is frightened by him. And then the body of Seth frightens, bo- or the body of Peter frightens Linda and Seth. And like 
every time somebody dies, they reuse it to scare oh, multiple okay. people in different locations. They're just like, it's a very economical use of the, the dead bodies. I thought it was kind of clever. I don't hate that. I, I mean, it's better than not having it. Yeah. It's better than not having anything. You know, yep. if you just, if you cut everything out, you'd be like, what am I even doing here? Uh, okay. So let's see. What do we have here? We've got, oh, God, that's right. Linda Blair and Jeff go up to bed. Uh, they hang out in separate beds, fully clothed. This is going to be hot, right? <laughs> Super hot. Uh, but she is not interested in him in the least. She hangs out in her own bed. But that's the kind of virginal behavior that sur- that helps you survive a hell night. Mm. Um so we cut back to uh, the drug lady and uh, the other guy having sex. No, we or... don't. We see them bouncing around in their underpants. <laughs> then we see a silhouette of them, and then we go back to them still in their underpants, acting yep. like they should be smoking a cigarette. Yep. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, time to use the John. Yep. I-, I was so infuriated by this <laughs> because it's just like, what? why? Why do you bother? We didn't, why did we even need to see any of this why didn't this scene just start off with them being done if you're not going to show anything or do anything with it this is what this movie this is one of this movie's biggest faults is it just wastes damn time and like i said it's another fu where you're watching these movies and you want that nudity and it's just like nope nope you want something yeah but no uh but she does go walking around after this so he leaves to go use the bathroom and she's like "Eh, i'm gonna go wander a little bit and she takes some pills and she takes another Quaalude and watches it down pills, with more Jack Daniels and goes and investigates a sound I think she hears. Yeah, I don't recall. It was something like that, but... She, I know the toilet flushes. There's running water to this house. Yeah. Oh, my God, this place. Um, <laughs> yeah, she hears a knocking and she goes to investigate it in her like full burlesque like stockings, yeah. garter, like a whole the whole deal. Um, but she finds a vanity and she's like, well, I can't resist going to a vanity to investigate the drawers. Honestly, I probably would have done the same thing. Um, and so she gets scared by a snake. Oh, they rigged it up just to terrify her with a, (laughs) with a spring snake. And then, uh, Peter is about to, is going to frighten her with the pepper's ghost illusion. He's going to do the, the light behind the, (laughs) <laughs> behind the two-way mirror and oh man it's gonna scare the shit out of her nope she's taken too many pills <laughs> and he does the pepper's ghost illusion and she just looks at it she looks at her face and goes oh man these ludes are really hell on my skin <laughs> and that is our that's humor joke it's our humor joke so <laughs> that's probably why he doesn't want people bringing drugs in there <laughs> uh, okay so let's see He's so Peter's now defeated because he couldn't do the Pepper's Ghost thing, and so he takes the little stair, little uh, rope ladder up to the roof to see how his little buddy's doing. And uh, he pokes around for a little while, trips over the fake body, uh, and then uh, sees you know, the real one. Well, okay. Then he sees the the roof winch, which we, oh, that's right, yeah. We have never seen this thing before. We don't know what its purpose is. I hope somebody cranks it really slowly. Forever. Why couldn't, we, why couldn't they have shown us him 
lowering a body down to be like, ah, it's going to fall into the window with a noose on it, and it's going to look like he was hanged. I think we can kind of assume that's what it's for. Sure, I guess, but it just feels like such a random item to see on a roof, especially considering the amount of apparatus required to actually bolt that Again, thing to the roof. Again, this guy's crazy he and is, rich. He's crazy and rich. And this part bothered me. Like, I understand suspense and you want to, like... But it's like, dude, come on. You know the body's at the end of that rope. Just <laughs> just crank it up. He cranks it so slow, it's frustrating. It's like, hey, man, that's a tick, that's a human tick, body on that. That's tick, <laughs> tick, he's a little dude, tick. but he's still probably, like, 120 pounds. That's, just crank it. Nobody cares about physics in these movies. That's also a good point. All right, so... He cranks it and he finds dead Parrot Scott. Yep. He is dead, and and this terrifies him. He's like, oh, shit. He books it. He goes down the ladder, um, and then he gets attacked by the killer through the window, right? Was that him? No, I I don't remember. He runs through the hedge maze to try to get away. Right. But he ends up getting scythed. Yeah, and no wonder he ends up getting scythed. This was another frustrating part for me where you're seeing this guy who's like, oh, got to hide. And he's like putting himself up against the wall like solid snake in Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, I'm going to I'm going to blend in with my surroundings with my massive flashlight that I'm going to wave around the whole time. It's like, guy, come on. I mean, he's terrified, but still not stupid. Yeah, you, he's not stupid enough to leave that flashlight on. Um that's what you think. That's what you think. <laughs> but then he gets scythed. He dead. Uh, so, turns out that Linda Blair and Jeff can't sleep very well in this room. And so, oh, so they're going to get it on this time. Uh, no, it's time to talk about whether anyone's seen ghosts <sighs> before. And so they're going to have a ghost conversation. What? And Jeff is like, oh, you think that's a crazy person story? Hold, hold the phone. I've got a whole nest of Keebler elves living in a fucking what tree outside my house. What the hell was this? <laughs> this feels like something that the director saw in his youth, and he was like, i got to get this out. Maybe somebody's going to say this to me sometime. You know, I saw an elf once. <laughs> that is a line in this movie. I saw an elf. <laughs> and he proceeds to not only, like, you think that maybe he's going to be like, oh, you know, it was a little person. It was what very small. What else do you call somebody that's three feet tall with a beard and a red hat? I don't know. A little person? Or, but, I mean, <laughs> I guess that's true. An actual human being who could, be, yeah. <laughs> in fact, be that. But he was describing a garden gnome. He was describing 100% a garden gnome. Like, what you saw is a garden gnome. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if it was three feet tall, I would go, it's oh, it's a person. It would be a big fucking garden gnome. <laughs> you know, maybe he goes to... All new from the Franklin Mint, the 30th <laughs> anniversary edition of David the Gnome for your garden. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Measuring at three feet tall. Oh, God. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. So that that elf thing is super weird and... And goes nowhere. Oh, or does it? Because it turns out that he somehow psychologically knew that Linda Blair is somebody who's turned on by dudes who have weird elf stories. And she's like, hmm, elf guy, time to make out. He's like, I can't believe that worked. (laughs) (laughs) Works every time is what he said. (laughs) Every lady, (laughs) they can't resist the fucking elf story. Um, So... 
Oh, yeah. Seth and Drug later, Lady are getting it on in the other room. But this time, someone is watching from the closet. And we get killer POV from the closet. Uh, and this is when he goes away again and leaves her alone with Andrew Garth, who probably kills her, but uh, we just see him put a hand on her mouth. Yeah, it's kind of weird that we don't see this one. It leaves it up to... It leaves it up... I guess it builds a mystery of whether she's alive or not, because she goes missing. Yeah. Because that isn't her head in the bed. That's Whose head was it? The girlfriend that fell in the hole, that got sucked oh, down right, in the hole. Oh, right, right, right. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So that's kind of neat. They did that. Yeah, but... And then it's kind of like, oh, was she alive or not? So, I mean, that kind of makes sense, but... But sure. then we never actually see the death either. I mean, I guess you don't need to. You find her at the, at the very lackadaisical really, corpse party. Really cheap-ass corpse party. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, now, uh, so Seth is now going to make a run for the gate. I don't know why. Because um, he's got a head in his bed, and he's like, shit's fucked, I'm getting out of here. Yep. And I don't care where... What's her nuts is <laughs> exactly so he he takes the gun. He's selfish. He runs. It's like score another one for the good guys. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he makes a run for the gate, but he only has blanks in his gun, so he couldn't shoot the locks out. So he tries to climb the fence. Linda Blair and and Jeff are there too. Linda Blair makes a pretty good effort of it. She gets about halfway yeah, up. A but, for effort. Yep, but <laughs> couldn't couldn't pull it through. This is a pretty actually tense scene. It is. And I really did wonder if he was going to, like, botch it on the top and just impale him I himself. I was convinced he was going to die. And I almost feel like that should have happened. Probably. You know what would have been great is if there had been an extra person. If we'd had our six, yep. and so we had the extra person, one person climbed over and died impaled on the Yeah, spike. one person's like, or you, guys, you guys stay here and watch your girlfriends. I'm going to make this because he was the fifth wheel. And he's like, I got... I'm going to go do this by myself. Or if you wanted to really Eli Roth this whole thing, he gets the spike through his leg and can't get off. And he's just there screaming. <laughs> and he's drawing attention to the area where they are. And they're like, shut, sh- shut up. And he's screaming because he can't get out. And so he's just there impaled on this thing, screaming his head off. I'll take it. And then. That actually, would be kind of good. And then they walk two feet to the right and they see that there's actually an entrance. And there's a bent bar, which we find out later anyway. That yeah. is not a joke. Yo, we find yep. out later that after all of this effort, if they just walked a few feet to their right. They didn't watch Night of the Demons. You, you, you check the perimeter first. Check the perimeter. So, yep. Too bad. Um, so That's such a cornball thing now that I think about it. Like, Yeah. That, that gate has spikes in the front, but there's no... I mean, you tell me this is a whole, like, walled-in complex? Like... I mean, you guys never checked anywhere else. Yeah, they didn't check anything else. <laughs> it's too bad. I mean, and you know, a place like this. I mean, if it's been abandoned like this, it would have had somebody would have cut through it, and somebody would one hundred percent have vandalized every single inch of that place. That looked immaculate. <laughs> but it looked immaculate because probably someone it wasn't was even there. dusty. <laughs> yeah, I do have a lot of questions about the house itself. But those will never get answered. <laughs> so, all right. Um, so, oh, and also, Seth does that classic, that classic movie thing where he's like, when he comes back to the room, 
and he's done in the bathroom. He comes back in, and he's like, oh, boy, I sure am sleepy. Hey, babe, how's it going? And he doesn't notice that it's just a severed head in the yep. bed, which, you know. And I'm kind of, like, not, I think, I feel like this part could have been something different could have happened. I feel like all the scenes with Seth outside the house are just dumb. Him running to the thing, trying to knock on doors, him running all the way to the police station, yeah. him carjacking somebody. All of this is just like so dumb to me. Like it's it's boring. I'll certainly That's what give I'm saying. It ass. adds like so much time to this movie, but it's like nobody cares. We want to go back to the house with the with the the killers there. Like Yeah. I mean but they didn't clearly they didn't have anything in their quiver for that at this point. They yeah. were like we only have two mm. people chilling at the house. Again, <laughs> if they just made it a six, six or a seven, yeah, you know, seven is seven is the perfect horror movie, you know, because I do love the 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 third wheel, like mm-hmm. he's that's always a good character. Yeah, but nope, we got what we got, and uh, okay, so he's hurt himself, but not enough to to damage himself, so he makes a run for it. They even they even slow it down further because he has to take his boots off and all this other stuff. It's it's just killing time. It's just, but that's the thing. They don't have, they don't need to kill time. They're There's already no too long. It's not like this would pad yeah. this out. I, I mean, I think they just didn't know that while they were making it. They yep. were like, oh, we want to make sure that it doesn't, you know, that we don't come up short. Uh, okay, so the. Uh, Linda Blair and her new boyfriend walk slowly back to the house to eat up more screen time. This movie goes to bed for a minute here. Yeah. Like, oh my God. They start walking back to the house. They see the door is ajar and seem to get freaked out by it. But, I mean, they just all ran out of it. Like, so yeah. what are you afraid of? Like, no. It's not like you shut the door and locked it. Then it's like, oh, weird. It's back open again. Like, and I guess and they they're... just walk slowly through the house and they walk slow as shit all the way back upstairs they claim they're looking for uh denise Denise, who's the the drug lady but i mean they're not really i mean whatever they go back into the antechamber of the house and then we get a bunch of time for them doing the the hammer horror wander upstairs with a candle and call the name of a character yep here, here's where I was just yelling, "Do something!" at the movie. Yeah, I was yep. like, "Come on!" Yep, I agree. It ground it to a halt. Like it was cool. Like <laughs> it, I thought, it, I thought it would keep pumping. You know what I mean? Seth runs away. It's right. just the two of them. Let's go into battle mode. Like we gotta keep our wits about us. Like, right. but it's like, nope. Just boop, 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 boop. It, sl- it slows down somehow. But I mean, if you were if you were looking to buy this place, this is a really nice realtor walkthrough <laughs> of <laughs> what is what's the name of the house? Um, the, oh, the Garth Manor. The Garth. And I guess it's probably just Wayne's World that has ruined that name for me, that being the Garth Banner makes it hilarious. Whatever. Okay, so uh, we continue on this slow motion walk until the little nerdy guy's body falls down again, and uh, that's, that's, what, that's what we're doing. We keep, we keep hearing this tapping, so they're just going to investigate this tapping. And once they do, it's the dead guy hanging's fake parrot from his pirate costume hitting the window. Which is kind of cool. It is, but like, damn, they took way too long to get to that yep. scene. Like, I almost feel like and they, it, I almost feel like they should be running from somebody, and then lock themselves in that room, and then they just hear that tapping. They're like, "What the hell is that?" Then they turn around, and they're like, "Ah, you know sure. what I mean." So there, it's like, boom, Absolutely. you got action leading up. Like, 
I agree. I wish and they got jumped the minute they got back into the house and ran upstairs and, and locked themselves in that room and saw that. Like, I agree. And and the way that they the way that they lead up to the tapping is not suspenseful. They don't manage to get it into a way where it's like, oh my god, what is that? Do you hear that? You know, and yep. so that they're actually looking for it. The tapping is very secondary, so it does it robs it of any tension that it would have had yep. otherwise, and we kind of lose interest. Cool idea. Poor execution. Yep. Um, so Jeff sees a light in the garden, and he's like, you know what? If there's a light in the garden, I should leave you unprotected behind <laughs> the way right? that the last guy did, which wound up with a severed head in his bed and his girlfriend abducted. I wanted to scream at that. Like, why don't they just, hey, let's go together and check out that light. Yeah. There's no point. Like, nope. Ugh. And they're very slow. And he tries doing that again when he wants to go to the, the catacombs later, too. They're so slow to pick up weapons. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're ugh, so annoying. It'd be the worst Resident Evil game ever. <laughs> um, so he does do that. But, uh, oh, I guess he does get he does get his weapon power up here where he gets uh, his primo pitchfork. Which is cool. It is. It's a good, it's a good Resident Evil weapon. Um, so, but... As you know, from playing Resident Evil games, you don't get a weapons power-up without uh, some really big bad guy around the corner. So we're going to get a boss fight here. And we do. Um, But there's a good... I do like this, like, tracking shot of him through the, like, holding the pitchfork out in front of him like it's a 3D movie. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of coming towards us and the camera's just following him. Yeah. It's That's a fun shot. And there are some fun shots. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then we get what I guess was supposed to be a jump scare, but it was so poorly executed that I barely even noticed that it was meant to be a jump scare with Peter's body. Oh, yeah. He's like, he sees it and he's like, Ah. Uh. Oh, there you are. But then he runs and he's still holding the keys. I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. He's got the keys basically clutched in his cold, dead hand. And, and he uh, just leaves them there. Yeah, because he's, he's like, ah. He sees the, well, he can't see it because he doesn't have the flashlight. Oh. The flashlight's on the ground and yep. it's still on. And so he grabs that and then he hightails it, he hightails it without seeing that the keys are I thought that was a nice. I thought that was it's, a neat touch. That's It's great. I, I'm super into that. I mean, if you remember these flashlights from that era with the the, the four D cells, I do. The, I think it was like maybe two, three hours tops that those things would last. Mm-hmm. That poor thing <laughs> is not is not working anymore. But whatever. Um, maybe you switched batteries halfway through. Who knows? Uh, okay, so. Seth finally gets to the police station to report the murders, and we get this classic. Uh, oh my god! Every, How many movies have we covered where this happens? <laughs> and if there's a fraternity involved, and someone goes to report a crime, they're full of donkey dust. They are always going to be told that's the last time we take a report from you know Theta Data House. And here's the thing: where it's like, is it fair to criticize this movie for it because this was 1981? Like, I mean, yeah, could this have been the first movie with the cops <laughs> denying service? I will say, unequivocally, it is not. But I will say that it is pretty early on in this, yep. and it is was probably not as cliche as it is now. Because when I saw this, I was thinking, oh, this would be fun to make a supercut on YouTube of all the cops like <laughs> telling the kids are full of donkey dust. Yep. <laughs> Love that. 
yeah, it's because it's just nonstop in these movies. But no, I I just don't believe it. I mean, I just like you're a cop. You if somebody says you murdered, you go somewhere. Right, exactly. I mean, we can believe it in a movie like okay, when they do it in Killer Clowns, let's yep. say. You're in a movie called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You can do whatever the fuck you want. This movie <laughs> is trying to be grounded in reality. Gothic and like it's got its own like it's trying to be very serious for yep. what it's worth. And I feel like that that undercuts it to give this kind of weird thing. But but this isn't going to stop Seth because he just gives himself a self-guided tour of the police station where he finds a room with tons of guns on a table, grabs a shotgun, which he knows how to use because this psychopath has scared bullies with shotguns before, uh, loads it up, and uh, just hops out the window. This is a, this is a great police station. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> Talk about trying to ground your movie in reality. Then you pull this shit on us? There's there's a room that just is full of shotguns on the table with ammunition sitting right next to them. It's there's... like a it's like a freaking bowl of jelly beans. That's how cops do it. Just take help yourself, <laughs> help grab a yourself. gun. Uh I was I was really hoping so much that as soon as he got out of there, like he gets out, he's got the shotgun, he's like some one of the cops calls to one of the other guys and he's like, "Hey, you make sure you lock up those faulty shotguns that explode <laughs> when you put a bullet in them." Okay, I hope so because those have been killing people yeah. left and right. Or he jumps out the window. There's a bunch of cops there. He's like, "He's got a gun," and they just <laughs> fucking unload on him. <laughs> That's the end of Seth's story. Oh, oh I would have loved that. That is perfect, and I would have loved it. I mean, it it would have worked too. I mean, it, yeah, why not? For all the good he does, yeah. you know, you could have killed you could have killed one of the bad guys with a pitchfork. It would have been fine. Yep. Especially if you put it through his head or something, and you're like, "Oh that's shit!" Where, that's where I kind of wish something like that happened. I wish they did just kill the the one Gork, and then think <sighs> yeah. they were done. Yep. And then they get another one, like, and Seth could just get impaled on the fence, like. Yep. I agree, but uh, either way, um, okay. So where are we? Oh shit! Is this back in the bedroom? Yep. Yeah. Linda and Jeff are back in the fucking bedroom, at, but Jeff's got the pitchfork, and they're discussing the odds of surviving this night. And the odds would be pretty good if they stayed in this room, but unfortunately, <laughs> they don't. But this scene may be the best, may be the best scene in the whole mm, movie, and maybe awesome. one of the best scenes like this in any movie. The shot looks so freaking good. It is so creepy and wonderful. It, it's so annoying that this movie has so much dead space and that the parts that aren't good and that weren't That's set up what I'm by... Saying. Like, clearly this was the cinematographer when being it's like, good, it's here's how it's great. Oh, yeah. But just the way that they're framed, we see them and then we see a carpet in the background in darkness sort of starting to move up. And we realize that the carpet is like kind of gaining human form mm -hmm. as it like as though it's a ghost manifesting itself from out of nothing it's very yeah. supernatural but it's a it's a real thing that is happening because there's a trap door and this person is showing up but it looks so good so 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 good and so dude stabs it with his pitchfork yeah and then it goes down and then when they're as like, though as though it has deflated, as yeah. though it's like, oh wow, it was something mystical that I that I killed and it turned to dust. And then when Blair's like, maybe it was a ghost I saw earlier. 
and then they move the, the. She doesn't really say that. No, she should. They don't bring that up. I wish they said that. <laughs> uh, but they move the carpet, and they see that there was a trap door underneath. And, and they're like, okay, let's board up this trap door and chill in this room. Absolutely. That would be great. We could just put a dresser on top of it. We can sit on it. It'll be great. Oh, no. Let's go down into this thing into and chase unfamiliar the territory. Yeah. A place chase that somebody that lives in this house. Probably booby-trapped. You know, like, it's a complete psycho that lives here. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. It's a movie. Of course they do it. And he tries to tell her to stay there. Alone in the room. That... So Dude. stupid. It's so <laughs> stupid. Uh, but this allows us to get some more walking. But this time it's downstairs. Oh, yeah. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> they've they've gotten to the basement, but it turns out that there's an even more basement-y basement than the basement. Oh, uh, so that's a lot of base. They head down another flight of stairs and end up in a lurking fear-style subterranean catacomb that they never once refer to as a catacomb they're like oh look a tunnel or whatever and it's like guys you're making a haunted house scary spooky movie use the vocabulary like put things in it that are gonna freak people out you know have a backstory about something haunted that was in the story that he told about how there was another family member that died and was in, you know, it buried in the wall and, you know, buried alive or whatever. And then they try to get through and they move some bricks and they realize that, Oh, look, it's the corpse of somebody who was bricked up here or whatever. Do something that yeah. makes me feel like I'm in a haunted house movie other than just walking. How about a cave from a haunt? I mean, absolutely. That was <laughs> definitely the same cave that was at Spooky World in the uh, in the haunted tunnel mine. So cool. Um, but they do. They go through. It looks like a '60s Doctor Who set. Oh, yeah. is what it looks oh, yeah. like. Um, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, okay, so they find they find another tunnel, and Linda Blair does the bug-eyed acting thing that she does for the rest of the movie. Um. So they finally get through it and they arrive in the room with the half-assed corpse party and there's the one fresh corpse, which is their friend that they'd been looking for. Oh, fuck. That's going to be us soon. Yeah, I guess she did. So they shockingly get attacked by the person they were looking for because for some reason he knows the tunnels better than they do. <laughs> I love uh... that they're surprised by this. Like, oh shit! There's that guy we went after. <laughs> the consequences of my actions. <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, but, yep, they get chased back up the stairs. But he gets one good poke in with his pitchfork. Yep. And then they Not- get a stair t- stair tussle with uh, quite the quite the flying stunt here. I will tell you one one plus in my one bit of my compliment sandwich here. Uh, stunts in this movie are incredible. Yep. The stunts on the stairs, there are two stair stunts that look so good, it's mind-blowing. Yep. This one is great, and the one with Van Patten later on, when he goes down the stairs with the guy, Yep. that looked so painful. I was like, I have no idea how you got through that, but yeah. it looked awesome. It was definitely worth it. Yep. One of the better scenes in the movie. All right, so... Uh, meanwhile, Seth is so desperate to get someone to do something. He carjacks somebody in the, I think it's like a parking lot of a liquor store or something. 
But and this, this part bugs me so much. I mentioned it earlier because, like, no cops come. <laughs> yes, he's like, well, call the cops. Yeah, the, like, the guy getting carjacked's like, I'm going to call the cops. He's like, go do it. Tell them about Garth Manor, please. Because he wants the cops to believe him. (laughs) But then we never get payoff from the cops. Like, nobody, no cops ever show up. I wish that as he drove away, the guy was like, well, if that's what you want to do, I'm not going to call the cops. (laughs) And you know what? You just carjacked me, sir. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do what you ask at all. I'm going to call my (laughs) friend who sells cars. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go purchase a new car and never discuss this ever again. Uh, be amazing. <laughs> would be great. <laughs> no kid gonna tell me what to do. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, yeah. So Seth finally arrives. He pulls up outside, but they had this great ending, so they couldn't have him ram the gate yet. Yep. It's like this would have been the time to just ram the fucking gate. Especially because it's not even your car. Yeah. What do you get to lose? Headlights. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he left the damn car running. No, it's just the headlights on. That's why it was dead. So stupid. Like, that's so why, stupid. That's why her car fix makes no sense in this yep. predicament. <sighs> okay, so he's like, he just gets out and he's like, hmm, let's see. I'm going to go to the entrance that I know about for some fucking reason. Some reason he is given the gift of enlightenment here yeah. where he's like, Wait, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have climbed that gate earlier, and I'm, there's a bent bar over here. I'm just going to walk five feet over to the left and see what I see. Aha! An ah. entrance. <laughs> the other part of this what is that, hell? like, Finn Patton's a skinny dude. He probably could have fit through those bars, too. Yeah. That's the other part of, like, this whole thing is that you I look at the I don't think he can like, get his head through, is the thing. <laughs> his gigantic Finn Patton his head. His surfer head. <laughs> God, bro, I Filled with mems of waves. <laughs> My head's too full of gnar. Um, <laughs> so he does get in, uh, and he makes it a little way, like five feet before a mutant monster attacks him. He grabs him. They do that amazing stair roll together, and the fight is just, it's convincing as hell. It's, he's He's dropped his shotgun and he's trying to scramble back to get it and it keeps pulling him back and it's like they are 100% doing all of those things. You know, like sometimes you see stunts like this and yeah. it's like the actors who are essentially miming and one actor has to work with the other one to do it. But instead, the person that's pulling him, instead of being like, okay, now you cooperate with me. I'm a fake pull, yeah. He's oh, yeah. just yanking him back as hard as he can and, and Van Patten great. is trying to climb and like actually get his footing yep and it looks phenomenal totally. it looks absolutely realistic i and i was genuinely wondering if he was gonna get that gun or not i was like right did we just follow this dude all the way to the police station and back to get a gun so to just get killed and not even use it once like i was like please let that kind of happen then yeah. i was also like i'm gonna be pissed if i just watched all this and you don't get a gunshot off so i couldn't decide like what part of me wanted it's, that to happen yeah, it's, it's hard to decide yeah but he does manage to get back to it just in time and he plugs the the monster and that shotgun <laughs> it, he does a great balcony fall like Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's as, it's as though he's got like 40,000 newtons of force on that shotgun and it yeah. just <laughs> sends him off like a rocket you expect his shoes to be left behind <laughs> on the <laughs> right yeah. he does he does a full body like a team backwards arms in the air like extended <laughs> Falls off. I mean, the fall would have been, would have killed him, but you know, in this movie, 
he has to go back down and he's he landed like, in the water i gotta check to see what's going on here. yeah and he does he goes down guys you, alive you mean somebody goes and checks on the killer in a horror movie like give props to wes absolutely or Seth. who cares what it is <laughs> I'm playing that. I wasn't even, didn't even intend that. I can't remember what it is. Seth, right? Yeah. Babe, my name's my name's Wes. I mean Seth. Seth. Shit. I'm, shit. Now you got me confused. Um, you're really messing with my head. So, so props to him to actually Absolutely. go. He look at that. I agree. So they do. They he goes down to check on him. We get another jump scare, which was pretty good. You know, that was fun. And then he shoots him again, and this time he's super dead. And again, with the, like, physical acting, he pulls the body out of the water. And the body doesn't seem to help at all. the body doesn't move, which I've never seen before. Yeah. I like, usually get that little subtle, like, there's, leg there's push. something you know? that, like, yeah. somebody's helping because, you know, like, either the actor or whatever. Like, this is a stunt guy move where, like, he's like, no, just pull me. Yep. And he's like, okay, cool. This is going to hurt. Because like, I'm dragging know. you across rock. Yep. I'm a fucking stunt guy. That's what I do. So it, that looks I get amazing. Paid to be in pain. <laughs> I mean, it looks like a dead body. Yeah. In a way very that cool. you very rarely see. Yep. And again, props to that. So Seth now runs runs in screaming, and he's like, "Don't worry, everybody. I killed him. Everything's gonna be okay." Um, Boop. Oh shit. Uh, Surprise! Yeah, it's scream. Turns out it was a scream ending, uh, and two of the four siblings lived instead of one of the four siblings. Well, to be fair, scream was a Hell Knight ending. Oh shit! Yeah, it was, one hundred percent based on the movie Hell Knight. <laughs> well, I mean, I wonder what the first could this be? The first slasher with two killers? Oh, what if what if this is a double first? It could be two two kills and two. And the uh, first one with the cop disbelieving? My goodness. There's no way this is the first one. There's no way that this is the first frat. God, early 80s. Frat movies were kind of an early 80s thing. They weren't so, like, I mean, Animal House was 70s, 78? I think so, yeah. 79? Huh. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. It could be. This this could be a very, this could be a very influential film, Mm -hmm. even though... I can't imagine someone making it all the way through it if they didn't have to for a <laughs> podcast. Um, oh, I can. <laughs> no, I can too. And I appreciate this movie somehow more than the times that I couldn't make it through the movie. Maybe because I was I w- paying closer attention. I watched it on Shutter. I used to have it on tape, and I traded it because I don't think I ever could ever finish it. <laughs> I know I got rid of the tape. Yeah, I think um, that's it. Because it wasn't that great, yeah. I felt like. And it's not. It's <laughs> but when it's good, it's good. But when it's good, it's good. Um, so, okay. Uh, surfer guy gets grabbed, and then we hear a shotgun go off, and then the shotgun flies across the room and perfectly lands in the arc of light that's coming through the door, in another beautifully shot gothic scene, like everything was set up really pretty for this for yep. this ending part, and Linda Blair's like, "I'm going for the shotgun." <laughs> Just give me ten minutes. <laughs> it's like, wait, why? Yeah. I mean, I guess because if you don't, because you don't assume 
if you're in this situation, you don't think you're in a horror movie. So you don't think that there's a killer baiting you with the shotgun. But he's got to be right there. Nobody's came out of the shadows. The minute you get on that floor, he's there. Like, what did she think was going to happen? Like, True. True. <laughs> I mean, if because obviously... She, she quick draw McGraw here? <laughs> obviously, Seth would answer. If he, yeah. is, if he was alive, Seth would answer. And he doesn't. And he doesn't. So we know he's dead. So you're just going to walk down to where the guy just was? Like, yeah. Yep. So it turns out it was a bad plan. Um, <laughs> weird. Weird. But uh, so she... So now we have another deformed monster going after her. She runs away from him, but Jeff's got a leg injury, so he's not moving terribly fast. Um, well, he did take quite the dive down those stairs. Sure did. <laughs> and so he's uh, he's kind of behind her when she goes out the window, and he is just slow enough that Andrew manages to grab him. I think this is Andrew who's left. I, it doesn't really make it clear. Either way. He gets him and, like, WWF style, hoists him up <laughs> over his head. Wing! Wee! <laughs> throws him out the window, and we're like, oh, he's going to survive that. I guess not. Well, it turns out he does well, not. Maybe he did. Maybe he's still there all in a coma the next morning. Right. We never see him again. That's it's, true. I mean... It's funny the certain deaths that we never, we never see Seth again either after getting shot, like... This wasn't, you know, this was before gore. You know what I mean? This was before people trying to do, you know, trying to do gags, trying to do the, the like, illusionist tricks of horror, essentially. Okay. So what this would have been five years later would have been, you know, a, a spike from something stuck through him. Yeah. Or a piece of rock or whatever. He would have landed on something and given us a definitive, this guy's dead. But instead... The clue that he's dead is open eyes and his head back. Yep. So that's that's their movie shortcut for this guy not getting back up. <laughs> um, so, so now we're just left with Linda and... Yeah, it's it's a one-on-one. It's an aliens. We're going straight on mano a mano. Uh, so... She gets to the rope ladder that the funny jokesters left when they were rigging the funny gag corpses or whatever that was. And she makes it about halfway down. And then Andrew smashes. Somehow he got down to the second floor. He knows the house really well. He does. (laughs) And also there's all those trap doors. So there's probably really fast ways down. Uh, But he punches through the window and almost grabs her. But she gets away. Um, and now we get greatest hits callbacks to every corpse that appeared in the movie. Yeah. She runs through and literally like trips over every single dead person <laughs> that has shown up in this movie. But then she finds a key. But finally she does get to Peter and she finds the key that's stuck in his hand. And I do enjoy the like kind of rigor mortis which yeah that was nice wouldn't have set in yet but whatever still you know fun. still fun he's still like grabbing for the key and it's stuck in his hand uh and she does get it and she makes a run for the gate and she sees oh she also sees that jeff is dead and the, there's another there's a dead monster there uh okay so she gets to the gate and she manages to open it without any real troubles and then manages to lock it back up behind her like a smart person. Yeah. Which 
to me was the the craziest at, part of this. At first, I I I was mad, and then I came around to it. I, she was like unlocked it, then got out, then tried to. Re- I was like, "Fuck that! Just get in the car and go." Then I was like, "Oh wait a minute!" No, that's pretty smart. Actually, yeah, lock that gate. Also, also, but, I gotta but say, act the, but then I was like, "But dude, probably knows about the other entrance five feet over there." I wonder. She uh, doesn't. So being <laughs> being that this is such a traditional type slasher, in a way that like. 81 would not have had a lot of traditional slashers at this point. Yep. We were looking at stuff that I I think we're giving, we're berating it for things that it wouldn't know about yet, you know? Like, it's just a product of its time. Yeah. And also, I gotta say, I was shocked by her backing up. this. If it was intentional, I think it was the smartest thing I've seen in the movie, where she... Instead of backing up without looking, just like fucking going, she does a full-on arm over the back seat, looking behind her. She turns her head completely around to look behind her, Mm -hmm. so we know there's no one in the back seat. Yep. Which alleviates the assumption that that at this point, like as a horror movie fan, you watch this and you're like, oh, he's going to be in the back seat. That's what I thought. Because they're always in the fucking back seat. Yep. But because she does that, because she is such a driver's ed graduate, <laughs> she does the full-on look behind her. You're like, oh, shit, she would definitely have seen somebody in the car yep. doing that. Oh, that's weird. If they do this, it's going to be really stupid. And they don't. Turns out he's fucking lethal weaponing it on the top of the <laughs> I car. I like that. Yeah, he's like a fucking action star. Yep. He's like Chuck Norris or something. Or like Michael Myers in Halloween 4. <laughs> yep. Way ahead of its time. And so this is... I, you gotta give it to this. I mean, the the punching and the whatever, the like trying to get in, was a little lackluster. I, I appreciated it. I thought they did a pretty decent job yep. with the, the way that they managed to break the window and stuff knowing how hard it was in Halloween for them to break the window and <laughs> with the big visible wrench and all that shit. But then we get, I mean, a payoff for this movie that if I had probably seen it, I probably would have watched the movie again, knowing the cool payoff. Yeah. She runs into the, she runs into the fence, smashes it down. It's halfway cocked over she backs up, g- drives around in a big circle. She's like, eh, fuck, the guy's still on there. And then she runs into the fence to the exact height where the big spikes are and just impales the ever-living hell out, a, of, out of Andrew. It's a great death for the killer. It is. It's one of the best. It's just, that's a, that's a great ending. That's yep. a great denouement. It pulls together, like... The star of the movie was that dumb gate. It was made to be such an important part of of the movie itself, where they made such a big deal of it that bringing it back felt very organic. Yeah, you know, it, I don't know. It's good. Yep. You know, you can say a lot of things about the parts in this movie that drag, but the parts that don't are when solid. When it's good, as it's hell. good. When it's good, it's good. <laughs> that's my that's my motto for uh, Hell Night. I think that's I think that is a pretty pretty dead on synopsis of hell night is when it's good it's good and now so after this happens we kind of get this awkward tacked on ending where it kind of just fades to black and then it's like oh now it's like dawn it's sunlight out and she just gets out of the car and walks towards the camera a little bit and then the credits roll it's like okay also you gotta give it credit 
that being after Friday the 13th here that we didn't get attacked on scare ending. I wish we did. Like, I kind of did too. I kind of wish we did I too. Want the, I want the female sister mutant. Like what if like she just walked out of the camera and then – because you know you see the house in the background – what if all of a sudden you saw like uh, like the female mutant run out of the house running. and just run towards the camera like mad dash and like that freeze just frames like, right as it gets to the camera? Like, if yeah, if she was like completely crazed and deformed, yep, and they're and like, oh, there's like, third one, there's like, the female one, super long hair yeah, in her yeah, face yeah, and yeah. blowing in the wind and screaming at the top of her lungs, and we get this banshee moment of her beelining straight for her. Fuck, yeah, that would have been a better perfect. Ending. Nobody ever asked me this when they're making. Oh, things. that is a better ending, man. <laughs> I gotta give it to you. That would be much more enjoyable. Yeah. And we were set up to know that there were more siblings. Yeah. Which, I mean, at this point, I who knows do- if they've even been breeding over the years? Oh. And who? And who knows though? Because it is. I mean, maybe we are supposed to assume that there's a that there is a lurking fear, kind of like inbred family, yeah. basement family in the catacombs. Who knows? I mean. But again, that kind of story is what you put in a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> and this movie, in most of its scenes, doesn't know it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And that's that's its real problem, is that it's not trying to... It sets up atmosphere with the beautiful house and all this stuff. So you get the gothic, like, vampire romantic part of a horror story. But you don't get a lot of the horror part of that horror story that makes the old gothic house scary. Yep. And, I mean, considering we had that fucking ghost that is clearly an actual ghost. I mean there's no way around no, it's it. A ghost. They, they could not fake that. Yep. They didn't like looking at the the body that they had that they showed. They showed a really terrible paper mache face on a dummy when they were like, "Oh, look, we're going to show his body." Yeah. And then the ghost that comes through was is like film a, grade. That is a Rick Baker. Job. Oh yeah. You know, like <laughs> straight up that was an American werewolf in London, you know, and <laughs> end of his life version of yep. of a zombie. This is so oh, man, you dropped a ghost on us and then never did a thing with the ghost again after? Like that ghost never came back to to stop anything or I make mean, an appearance or Right. The or maybe maybe pop up in the when she was driving away at the end, what if she was like what if she woke up in the morning and looked and that ghost is sitting in the chair next to her in the in the the car seat like, it's, like ah! <laughs> it's just like the haunted mansion ride yeah they're coming home with me <laughs> um i i'm into all of that i mean i i would have liked a much more complicated story because this unfortunately sometimes it's great to have a simple story mm-hmm. especially when you have like a horror movie like this that can be kind of by the numbers and fun but if you're gonna do something this by the numbers it has to be crass yeah so you need Lots of nudity. You need lots of like gross outs. You need lots of like, there need to be things that hold your attention that you're like, whoa, wow. Oh, oh," like you're being like barraged with, you know, Friday the 13th style where it's just nonstop TNA and nonstop murder. Yep. If you're going to do a simple story like, like a Friday the 13th. Uh, but if you're going to do something like this, it needs a little more complex, a little more nuanced story. And I think that the ghost angle would have added so much to it. Yeah. If we'd had some sort of story. You're going to tell me that there's, there's a ghost screwing things up and there's mutants screwing things up? Like, that's that's crazy. Or, <laughs> I mean, so even if we'd had an angle where we found out that the father 
was there and he hates them or we find out that one of the siblings died you know was killed by the other sibling and so it has a vendetta against you know the the deaf the blind yep. deaf girl is haunting the house and her her spectral presence is there messing with people. I would be into that. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of giving Linda Blair an edge or like messing with stuff. And it's trying to point out things to her where it's like, Oh, you need to do X, Y, or Z. The things that ghost stories do where it's like, Oh, you need to find this thing to, you know, to stop him, you know, over here, there's a gun or something. It just, it never did. And it was disappointing. Yeah. And that's why I never made it to the end of this until (laughs) this time. And also I watched it on USA Up All Night, so I felt like I was... That's the other part, is that like I saw this on USA Up All Night a bunch of times, and I was like, oh, you know, I bet this movie's... like I'm missing a bunch of stuff from this movie, because like probably had to cut a bunch of boobs and they had to cut a bunch of like really gory stuff. (laughs) And I was like, oh no, they just showed this exactly as is. Yep. They probably didn't cut a goddamn thing from this movie. They probably had to bleep one swear word or something. Yeah. Does it's, this... a t- it's a tame movie. It's rated R. Is it really? It is. Yep. For what? Gore, probably. I mean, I there's guess definitely in... some violence. and some. I guess by 1981 standards, this was pretty violent and things. And There's some crazy uh, PG <laughs> shit from 81, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, from that, that time. Exactly. That's yeah. a good point. Like, the PG stuff from that era. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know the MPA is weird too. Oh, they the girl are... brings a lot of drugs. That gives you oh, ding. Oh shit! The, actually, they mention hard drugs. Yep. That's a that's an R rating instantly. That's back a ding. Then. Yep. Yeah. She's like, I had cocaine. Ding. R rating. Yep. Yep. One of your one of your protagonists does a hard drug. Absolutely, that's an R rating. Yep. I mean, you can get away with you could get away with weed, but you couldn't get away with doing quaaludes and and. It's kind of how it works in real life a lot of times. It's true. I mean, especially (laughs) now, bro. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's it. That's Hell Knight. I like Linda Blair in movies. I've watched so many movies with Linda Blair. Same. Just because she's in it. Including Roller Boogie. Uh, (laughs) I love her in uh, Night Patrol. Jackie Kong. Jackie Kong's brilliant film, Night Patrol. Movie is too funny. That movie is genius. And I... I would honestly do an episode talking about both of those things. I need to talk to Jackie and get her on this thing. Let's do it. I, it's just, it's my, it's we my, keep teasing it. it's my technical issues with this thing where I don't really know how to pipe in her voice into our headphones. You just need more confidence. I think that's it. I wish I had someone who worked in AV who was really good at these kinds of things <laughs> instead of making me the person who fucking sucks at AV do all the technical shit. I love that you assume that I'm good at things. <laughs> First off, you're you, I know for a fact. I listen, I've I've got your fucking number, buddy. I know, I know who you are. You're the guy that pretends not to know things so people don't ask him to do things. No, I'm really the guy that doesn't know things. Bullshit. I remember everything's set up for me at my work. Oh, and I remember someone who was our A V guy at the convention and he took care of the problems. I hooked up a VCR to a projector. Uh, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I remember somebody that used to put on Comic-Cons. 
<laughs> yeah, that person is dead. I strangled them. <laughs> I drowned them in a bathtub because they were out of their fucking mind. <laughs> Here I am. Okay, imagine the the unmitigated fucking gall of somebody who literally is week to week. Like, I can't pay my rent ahead. And I was like, all right, so I guess if I do this a little bit at a time and I promise everybody that I can pay them, I could put on a $25,000 convention, right? Yes, and you did. <laughs> yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah, but I think I took five years off my life. <laughs> And maybe like two years off Michelle's life. <laughs> it was it was brutal. Oh, I have some great memories. Oh, well, that's good. I mean, I do it's too. It's not every day where you hear, hey, Matt, Bill Corbett just landed. Can you go pick him up at the airport? <laughs> yes, it's true. I mean, there were certainly th- good things. I mean, gu- uh, yes. the Gunnar Hansen chili cook-off was yeah. definitely a... <laughs> A high, a high watermark, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you. I don't know if you heard this, but one of the reasons I think I it could be, I could be wrong about this. But when I asked, when we were like considering doing it the next year, and they hiked the price up on us, they literally doubled the price of the space. Yeah, it was going to be twenty thousand dollars a night oh my just gosh. to get the space. Yep. So it was more than that. And so we were like, well, obviously I can't do that. Yeah. You know, the, you've taken what was an almost impossible $25,000 convention and made it a $50,000 convention. This is literally impossible. So uh, I didn't do it. But one of the things I got back was, and everybody there smelled so bad. The place smelled like beef stew the whole fucking, like we couldn't get the <laughs> smell out. And it was like. That was that, oh, that was, was a chili, chili. cook-off. We literally, and the bo, was, <laughs> and also uh, and the Comic Con funk. Also, there was a Comic Con funk as well. But no, one hundred percent. What they were what they were talking about is that we had literally like twenty people making chili for a chili cook-off, <laughs> hosted by Gunnar Hansen, and so it smelled like delicious chili. But for some reason, these a holes can't appreciate us providing the wonderful aroma. Of Gunner's chili. Rest in peace, Gunner. Thank you for doing that. Oh God, what a he wonderful was dude! So nice. He's he's the best. He was the goddamn best. Linnea Quigley was there. She was the best too. We that was what I was that was what I was troubleshooting for. They were trying to play uh, cannibal hookers there. I mean, oh, Hollywood Chainsaw hookers. No, no, they weren't. I've gone over this. The people who have listened to this podcast have heard this fucking sob story before, so I don't really <laughs> want to go over it again. We but... totally played that there. No. Well, maybe we did. We might have played. We did. I hooked it up and watched it. But the the real the real tragedy of that whole event was that I got convinced to do a Savage Streets reunion because if we got all of the people from Savage Streets, basically this manager was like, "Hey, if you get these six people, Linda Blair will show up." Mm-hmm. And so we got all of those people because we we had Linnea Quigley coming anyway. Yeah. So we got four other people, including an actress from like Bikini Car Wash and some other weird stuff. There was somebody. There were some fun people there. Yeah. That were like underground fun people. But Savage Streets is a rape revenge movie, and I was like, I've seen that movie. It's probably fine. I think I remember it. <laughs> I did not remember it. Uh, uh, what was going on in that movie? should never have been associated with any kind of thing that, <laughs> that you were trying to make money on. That was 
maybe the greatest misstep of my life. We were like, we'll make it family friendly. Also, remember that movie? Where... <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. What a terrible, terrible mistake. It's like when you drink too much and then you get to choose what songs go on the party. And it's like, <sighs> yeah. whoops. Yeah, that was that. definitely we had, a, we had a bit of an issue with us seeming like we drank too much before we planned this Comic-Con. But the... And this was the. This I was know a, that was Mr. Way. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Dan Way sober, one hundred percent sober now, and he's oh, really? yeah, he's been sober for I believe four years, maybe more than that. I don't want to. No, it's very good. It's great because he had some. We almost killed him yeah. <laughs> by giving him free alcohol at that convention. <laughs> uh, I remember very clearly that he was like super into covered in bees after going to the show and he bought a shirt and he was like i'm so into this i want to tell everybody how awesome this is then the next day he was like what the fuck is this t-shirt i bought i was like oh (laughs) son of a bitch (laughs) this is why we can't give people booze yeah (laughs) also probably because of insurance we shouldn't be giving people booze (laughs) uh and so so in closing, you're you're putting on another Comic Con. So absolutely, once this pandemic's Comic-Con. over. Yeah, totally. In five years, Jesus, oh, <laughs> what a nightmare. But anyway, uh, <laughs> there's that. And um, what else do I need to say? Come to our Halloween event if you're if you're local and you're listening to this. We're giving away free comic books. If you're not local, take a goddamn road trip. Yeah, Come take see a, us. take a road trip to see us. Um, we're doing a, a silly little thing where I'm giving a stack of comics to six different locations in town and you can trick or treat around and it's like free comic book day but you just have to go in and ask for a comic book and we have little trick or treat bags that we're giving out here that I screen printed they're actually they look pretty, great. they're pretty nice and who did the artwork art by Michael Connor who is absolutely phenomenal it looks great and uh, yeah come do this it's fun and you know if you can't then Maybe buy something from CoastCityComics.com and support us. We've got Funbox Monster Podcast t-shirts. You know we do. You need to do we that. we got officially licensed uh, Blood Diner tank tops. We do. I I am currently sold out of them right now because I sent them We all. don't have officially licensed <laughs> well, uh, Blood Diner tank I'll, tops. I'll print some to order. They're just going to take a little bit. When of... Tristan says he'll print things to order, it takes a year or two. It takes a year or two. I'm, I'm sorry, that is probably true. <laughs> Jackie was doing an event, and so I sent it to I sent her all of the ones that I had. And I was like, "Oh, here, take these." And she went to the event, and it was in the Midwest. And she was like, "Yeah, there was nobody there that didn't take a two XL." And you sent me like small through XLs. I was like, uh, "God damn it, <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up. I'm sorry." So well, I ruined. In that the meantime, for make our nine seven six evil two T shirt. <laughs> I totally should. Um, also. Uh, Jackie's Kickstarter is still going for her comic, uh, and so if you are into supporting Kickstarters and you like Jackie Kong, go to that. Which level of money makes it into a movie? Uh, I because that's what I want. I don't know, but I think it's probably going to get made into something anyway. So don't worry about that. Okay. I I have a feeling Jackie is uh, she has had a resurgence of vigor into the idea of movie making and and doing doing stuff again. So Bring she's like, it on. like something, <laughs> something has happened and a switch has flipped. She seems like she's like, she's going at it nice, again. So nice, I'm, nice, I'm pretty nice, excited nice, for nice, that. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> again, two of my favorite movies of all time made by, by Ms. Kong. So totally yeah. stoked. And yes, you know, I, 
she calls me like once a week now. Ooh, and it's so, a big shot. So it's like, <laughs> I, and I still haven't asked her to do the podcast. <laughs> so, well, no, because I'm helping her with the, the, she'd never done a Kickstarter before. And I was like, I've done one of those. Yep. I can help you. And, you know, I'm making the shirts and stuff and yep. we're doing some other fun things. So it's, it's cool. I'm excited. Um, and, uh, yeah. And eventually we'll get her to do something. Cool. If, if nothing else, we can do one of those things that I did with Ted Nicolau and some of those other guys where it's yep. just like, I'll record a little interview and then drop it into the episode. But it this, would be super. This time I want to pop up from behind your shoulder and just go, Hey, hello. it would, but I mean, it would be super <laughs> cool if we could just have her on the episode. Yeah. Uh, because she is, she's a fun, crazy lady and, and you got the end dude. Yeah. And so at this point I think she would totally be into it. Uh, so we'll do that at some point. Awesome. So thank you for listening. Please rate and review us. We would really appreciate that uh, yes. on the apples. And we the love eating Googles kind words. Yeah, it would. it's very helpful. Mm. We <laughs> we need people to find us. And uh, and that is all. Uh, oh, I guess Instagrams. Yeah, you can follow me at Matt Awkward VHS Fiend and also check out the very wonderful Video Vagrants Facebook group. And CoastCityComics.com and, Coast, and at CoastCityComics at Funbox Monster Podcast. All of those things. And we will see you next week. Good night. Peace.